gentlemen, boys and girls, Australians. Welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my true partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how's India? Now that you're back in America. Oh, it's uh, it was really hot. I was surprised. Um, quite a cultural experience. Um, I just stayed at a resort the whole time, honestly, because I was feeling under a bit under the weather and I was afraid of getting sick. That's the main thing. Mm. Um, and also I was kind of nervous. There was a lot of uh, security stuff going on. Mm. And the U.S. Embassy wanted us wanted to know where we were at at all times. It really? Was, yeah. How did they contact you? Do you like send you an email or what, what happened? No, so I, th- I think the moment we are at the airport, uh, we have to fill out this form and then um, where we're going, where we're going to stay. I filled that mm-hmm. out multiple times, like the visa application, I filled it out. And then going through immigration, it asked me to fill it out another form. Um, it's kind of like, it, it's funny because <laughs> India, you, you think about India, you think about as a tech person, you think about India, you think about outsourcing and tech support. And um, you can <laughs> okay. see that they're trying to modernize everything. Mm-hmm. Like when I was going through the border, um, the, the immigration, they had like a webcam, but you can tell it's like a cheap ass webcam. So they put a little like Indian decorated like box right over it. So you can't see what <laughs> kind of webcam it is okay. versus when I went to Singapore, they had this like new high tech camera that goes up and down and like fish eyed angle. Like it took all these kind of, it's just very, you can tell they're trying really hard to modernize, but uh-huh. a lot of things are still done manually and um, with paper. Like my visa application, I had to print out a physical paper. I'm like, how can I, I could literally just fake this and <laughs> it has a barcode on it, but they never, ever looked at my physical paper visa application or scanned the barcode. So I, I don't know. It was just, it was just really, really weird. But um, going through security on the way back was the same thing. Like uh, they don't have those like things that can see you nude. You know, the machines where you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all metal detectors, a lot of manual processing. Um, Touchy feely. (laughs) Yeah, they they actually had to separate the lines into male and female because Mm -hmm. they they were actually like touching me, people to to feel everything. But um, the day I was coming back was the day before Flag Day, like their Independence Day. Mm -hmm. So. The moment I got dropped off, there was a huge line outside the terminal. I'm talking about like, you, imagine you go to the airport, you get dropped off by the curbside and then there's like a huge line to get into the terminal. It's because they were not allowing anyone to go into the terminal without a flight itinerary and a passport. Mm-hmm. So they were manually one by one with two, only two people by the door. <laughs> checking every single person's physically printed like i had i had to either print it out or have it on my phone right yeah they're checking everyone's passport and itinerary and make sure um they're like i guess they had a lot of terrorist attacks um Mm. so they that took it took me 40 minutes to just get inside the terminal then another half an hour to get my bag checked because there was another line and um then you had to go through security so it's it, it took a long time, basically. Um, Did you almost miss your flight or what? No, I, I was lucky because I insisted that we woke up early because I I knew the traffic and like <laughs> driving in um, in India has been an experience too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's so much traffic. There's no no one who follows the rules. Um, <laughs> it's like a perfect example of how like 
whether you enforce the rules or not and the, the mm. rules the rules that dictate the behavior and even if you have the rules if you don't enforce it like how do you enforce it will dictate the behaviors too which is perfect example of like the paris grand slam this this past weekend <laughs> oh my god yeah the, like, talk about that yeah there was so many bad calls like i showed i showed you that match where um jessica Klimkate magically got a wazari out of nowhere right yeah <laughs> like yeah it's fucking hilarious but um yeah driving was an experience but i knew the there was going to be a ton of traffic so i left extra early so that extra time i had actually i didn't know we had to line up outside the terminal nobody told us that so that extra time we had um was added to that but once we got to the hotel they had to report they check your passport and your visa to report to the u.s embassy and then if you have to leave or whatever they'll report to ask you where you're going and Gotta report to the US Embassy when you're back. You gotta let them know. So they report to the US <laughs> Embassy. Um and the whole all the resorts uh had like security guards there. So they would like before we got in, they opened our trunk, checked the trunk, checked underneath the car. So it was really tight security. Uh, it's a uh, very interesting. But for the most part, I just stayed at a resort uh because it was too hot. Like Singapore is really hot. I don't know. I like Singapore, but I can't imagine being there in the summer or even any living there living there because <laughs> even it's winter right now and it's really hot there yeah so, so imagine what their summer's like <laughs> yeah i can't imagine what the summer's like i i'm really bummed out i didn't get to the train there because there's so many judo clubs uh I, I don't know how they sustain it i guess it's because there's such a tight population density mm -hmm. um but the food was amazing it wasn't cheap there i was surprised i thought it would be cheaper but it's not um probably because they have good social safety nets everyone's getting paid a good wage um mm -hmm. they have like almost no homeless problem so uh i guess that's what, what it's like but um i'm i'm really conflicted on whether i'd want to go back to train judo that's <laughs> I, I can't stand the weather but i'm like should i go back to train judo but we'll see um Try to figure out like, when their coldest time of the year is and then go then. That was the, I think that was the coldest time of the year. <laughs> it's still hot. <laughs> it humid. was still so hot. Yeah. Still, I don't know how the local, some locals were wearing like a, I don't want to say a jacket, but like they had layers. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's freezing out today. It's 60 degrees. <laughs> yeah. But it, now I understand why, because I, I, I watched a lot of um, fashion instagram blogs and stuff like that right now i understand why like i can uniquely tell when someone's from singapore because they have this certain fashion and mm -hmm. it's because they have to deal with that hot weather so it's really cool how you can see how they stay fashionable while dealing with the hot weather there's a lot more um for women like some some skin exposed or like really baggy wear to allow uh airflow so you don't mm -hmm. um stay hot so yeah it's been it's been hard because I wanted to buy some clothes there because they have like hemp material and like lycra material things that deal with the hot weather better. Yeah. And, um, they, I just could not fit. Like I was trying a triple <laughs> XL and it uh, was like, too I, was just, I was, I was legit afraid of ripping the, the clothes apart because of how wide my shoulders are. Hulk out. Yeah. So, oh my God. Chinese Hulk. Watch out. No. Yeah. But my wife, my, my wife was able to buy a bunch of clothes there. She was really happy. Um, uh -huh. it's, it's just stuff you won't be able to find here. Cause over here, you're starting to see the fashion trend go back towards baggy a little bit, especially towards the, uh, 
clothing brands that are uh, focusing on a younger generation. They're wearing mm-hmm. more baggy stuff. If you have kids, look at what they're wearing. They're probably <laughs> wearing baggier clothes, but the older people are still into the tight fit, that muscle fit kind of things that we have. Mm-hmm. So um, one example is Lululemon. Um, a, lot of pe- a lot of people are complaining about Lululemon's fit becoming more baggy. And that's like the older people, right? But you can tell Lululemon's target, trying to target the younger demographic who wants a baggier fit. So that just sounds funny to me because what Lululemon is and what they make, like how they're making, I guess you may like baggier sweats and sweaters, I guess, but how are you going to make baggier tops and bottoms for work for quote unquote workout i can't do quotes right now i'm still yeah I mean, baggy, <laughs> baggy and clothes makes it easier to move and there's more airflow so uh, it makes sense but i mean we talked about it in our new year's ep- episode about how youtube is and is trying to compete with tiktok so they're trying mm-hmm. to cater to the zoomer um gener- <laughs> the younger generation right um it's also the same thing with iPhone. Like 80% of the the demographic of the kids, teens, whatever young demographic out there is using an iPhone. So Samsung is trying to be hip and cool now. I don't know if you watch, keep up with the new tech stuff, but when they announced a new Samsung phone, they hired like some, some Twitch streamers or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who they are, but they hired like young people to make it look like it's cool to have like a Samsung phone. Yeah. So it just goes to show how important the young demographic is and how oh, all these um, companies are trying to cater towards them. But we're going going off topic. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, India was fun. Definitely. Uh, the flight was brutal uh, uh-huh. flying back. Uh I re-injured my rib doing the Indian dance. I told you at yeah, the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> the and wedding my wife dancing. injured her shoulder. It was a straight 15 minute dance. <laughs> it was, a, we, we were told it's a two minute dance. It ended up being like 15 minutes. <laughs> Just so, keep doing the routine over and over. Keep doing the same routine over and over. 15 yeah. minutes straight. Just keep going. No, we ended up, it was a two minute was, the one minute and a half was choreographed. And then, Afterwards, the guy's like, oh, just a bit more after that, but just copy me. I'll be there. Just follow what I'm doing. So uh-huh. the rest of it, we were just looking at a guy in front of us and trying to keep up with him. So, yeah, I, I would not start rec- doing a, You should start doing Naki no Kata with your wife halfway through. <laughs> well, screw it, I guess. I'll do this instead. <laughs> I would not recommend uh, doing it because uh, if you're not um, used to doing it, does that make sense? Yeah. Because um, it's pretty intensive and I, I can see yourself getting hurt. Um which is what happened to us. But for me, I already had an injury. <laughs> but there was a movie my wife told me about that's really popular in Japan, apparently. But it's an Indian movie. It's called RRR. I don't oh, know if it's, heard not, of it. it's not as popular. It's popular. Every, it's, I don't know, I'll get some heat for this. It is so over the top. It is. It, that's, why they like, that's why she likes it. Yeah. yeah, it is so over the top. And one reason I like it is because um, the actor that plays the Brit, the bad British dude, mm-hmm. um, he played the Punisher in the Punisher film I liked and stuff. Oh. And he was also uh, one of the Three Musketeers. He's a good actor. I like his stuff. And that was like one of his last acting roles he did before he passed away. But yeah, so, I, I, I heard about RRR. I'm, I'm not interested in watching it, right? But yeah. my wife showed me the YouTube video for mm. of the dance sequence. And I'm like, if I did that, my fucking knee will like fly off. <laughs> Dude, okay, no, no. This is how crazy it is. Okay, so Jackie Chan... Like, I'm a huge Jackie Chan fan. I know it's, it's tough being a Jackie Chan fan nowadays and stuff, but I'm still a Jackie Chan fan. He did a movie called Kung Fu Yoga. I want to say like maybe five, eight years ago mm-hmm. now. Okay. And it was a mixture. It was like, it was kind of a sequel to um, 
was the the quest or it's not the not the John Clement movie, the quest or the, I think it was I can't I want to say it was quest, but I think I don't think that was the name, but whatever. Okay, or the legend, the myth, the myth. Mm-hmm. It was like a soft uh sequel to the myth, which was another mm-hmm. Chinese Indian movie that well, it was they like a time travel thing, right? It was like it was a reincarnation kind of thing. Yeah. But there was like some time travel in there. It's kind of like yeah. and uh, how um we're getting off topic again, but whatever. Okay. So at the end <laughs> of Kung Fu Yoga, like one, there's a lot of, there's a lot of yoga in the film and stuff. So at the end, when they find the blah, 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 and they have the big fights and stuff, guess how they end the film? The, the leg flies off. <laughs> no, no. A giant Indian dance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good yeah. guys, bad guys. Yeah. Everyone's all back again. The huge Indian dance at the end of the film. I'm like, oh. I'm just like, this is so Indian right it's now. It's a thing. This like, is so Bollywood. This is this is Bollywood to its core right here. <laughs> every wedding, I was told we had to do this. Like yeah. I didn't want, I don't want to dance. Right. <laughs> I was told like dancing is a big part of the culture. That's why every Indian movie has one has a dance mm-hmm. sequence, and every wedding has a dance thing. Um, but then you can see in Western weddings too. But I opt out of it. Um, anyway, so if you watch <laughs> the RRR dance on YouTube, I don't know how they did that leg thing for like well it was like three minutes straight like yeah. shaking if you think about how what is this those uh shows where you have a top hat and a cane and you're in a suit and you're kind of like tap dancing yeah and you're you're like kind of like doing an intro or outro with that leg swinging like back and forth like they did that for like three minutes straight so yeah i i no, not for me <laughs> all right so that's, so that's my trip all right, that was your trip. Uh, I had some people message me on the on our things about like how's my arm doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just giving this probably my last update. I'll give you guys um, unless something crazy happens. But as you can see, I'm still. If you're watching the video, I'm still in the sling. Uh, as of right now, on Monday, I go see my doctor again, and if everything's good, everything's still hot and nice and high and tight up here, and nothing's falling off, I can take the sling off and start doing rehab finally. But the thing about the rehab, and it's probably I always had this problem. I always have when the doctor says, want to go to rehab, want to go to therapy and stuff. I cannot I said, no, find no, no. <laughs> no, I say yes, I will definitely try it. But I cannot what is that find song? it. What is that song from? Uh uh I can't Amy remember. Winehouse? Amy yes, Winehouse. Yes, yes. Yeah. Amy Winehouse up there, <laughs> up there looking down at us. <laughs> um but every time I try to go to therapy, I cannot find a therapist that will one take me and two well okay i always try to go to my insurance and stuff yeah i know (laughs) listen to this mexican i always get the oh sorry we're not taking new customers right now which means we don't want you or we don't accept your insurance or oh sorry we don't accept your insurance even though we're listed on your insurance thing so we'll have to just charge you and see what your insurance we'll have to bill your insurance and then they'll charge you i'm like well that's just any doctors right can you give me a, like a price or something? How much are you going to charge me? Oh no, we don't know what we need you to can, do. You can ask right. the cash price and they'll give you like a rough, multiply that yeah. by like 10 and that'll be the ceiling, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So if the doctor says I'm all good, I'm going to start therapy. I'm going to try to look at physical therapist. I found a, a pretty good sports therapy place here in K-Town mm-hmm. that I might go check out, but they are a bit expensive. But of course they are like just yeah, how it like is. My, the ones, the guys I go to, they're amazing and they're expensive. So yeah, it's a bit expensive. I, I'm but... locked into my old rate too. My uh-huh. like ever since it got popular, because mm-hmm. I think I found them during their growth phase, and they I thought it was expensive already, but like now <laughs> I think they're really really popular. So they mm-hmm. they got really expensive, but they're good at what they do. So 
no. So I found these guys, I found this, these people and mm-hmm. they said, um, I don't think like they, they, they're sports medicine people, they cater to sports and all stuff. So I might go visit them or just go, I hate just talking on the phone or emails. I like to go mm-hmm. talk to people. So that's how I am. I like face-to-face contact, go talk to them. Like, so I have this, I do judo. Can you help me? Cause I'm not normal sports. You know, we're not baseball, football, mm-hmm. basketball, yeah. or another tennis elbow. You know, we're, we're judo. We're like combat sports. So, so I'm going to go and talk to them. So, if everything goes well, guys, you won't see me to sling no more. And I won't be talking about my beat up shoulder anymore. So physical therapy is important. Um, I want to, I want to get my physical therapist on the podcast, but I think there, there, we, we talked about, there might be some, uh, conflicts of interest, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> for you, yes. Yeah. So with that, let's go into some judo news. And this is judo MMA news. So this came out the week before our last episode came out. So we already shot the episode. I even told Anthony, hey, Anthony, you want to record something real quick, add it to the episode? He's like, no, no, it's going to be too much work. I'm in India right now, sweating my what's off. How right the hell now, would, so. I, how would I add it in India? <laughs> <laughs> you do it on your phone, add it to it, you know, edit it in. <laughs> so Kayla, so everybody knows how Kayla was fighting, uh, Kayla Harrison was fighting the PFL, okay? Mm-hmm. Her contract was up. Everybody was like, is she going to go to UFC finally? Is she going to stay at the PFL since PFL now joined with uh, Bellator? She might get that fight with Cyborg now. And she's been fighting, trying to get that fight for Cyborg for a while. So Cyborg was like, oh, no, no, I don't want to fight her. Oh, I don't want to fight her at 55. She has to it's come down. It's funny because to- people, I was just reading yeah. reading the comments the other day, and people were saying Kayla was dodging Cyborg when I think it was the other way around. It was exactly the other way around. Yeah. She went to her fights. She went to go fight her. She even took and, the fight, and th- well, this whole thing like, oh, I don't want to fight her at 55. She has to come down to one uh, to 145. So Kayla showed when she had her fight back in 2020, she yeah. when she fight, had that fought in Invicta, when she went to 145 and won there. And people don't okay. put into account Kayla's contract. Like, PFL... Like if UFC was willing to pay up, they could have gotten her to fight, but but Dana didn't want to pay. So, yeah, she so was Kayla at, could I, have had her hands tied by the contract if UFC doesn't want to pay. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I believe, if I remember correctly, Kayla was at the Cyborg. Um, um, oh my god, I can't remember her name now. Um, Nunes fight. She was there at that fight, yeah. and I was supposed to do the thing where she steps in the cage with whoever won had the fight, and yeah. Nunes won, so they decided not to do it. Whatnot. Why not? Or whatever that they, yeah. whatever cyborg, whatever. Okay. So now we're in 2024. Her contract was up. Where was she going to go? Was she going to stay with the PFL? Was she going to stay with, with, get the Bellator fight with, with, um, with cyborg? Well, she decided to sign with the UFC. Okay. And I want to, there's an interview that she had or a taught little walk and talk that she had that I want to talk about it later. It's very interesting to me why I think maybe she decided to go to UFC. So we all know Kayla fought. In, well, she found the Olympics doing judo at uh, 78 kilos, which in American is in America. 171 pounds. Okay. 171 pounds. That's what she fought in judo. Okay. World champion, two-time Olympic champion. Okay. Masters champion as well. Okay. She cut down to fight MMA 155 in a PFL. Okay. She's had the one fight in the Invicta at 145, showing that she can get down to 145. What weight class is she fighting the UFC? They announced her for 135 pounds. Um, I didn't know. I thought it was 145. No, no, no. Because no, 135. Of, so it Oof. pretty much that you want to show that UFC is getting rid of 145. It's like, we're not doing it no more. When Nunes had the, had her belt, she only defended it one time. 
So it was like, we're pretty much getting rid of the division. If you want to fight in the UFC, if you want to come here, we're going to make her fight at 135, which is crazy. Okay. So they announced her against Revenge of the Judo Sith <laughs> against I, I, Holly Holmes at UFC 300 at 135 pounds. Now, I understand people online are all like, well, what's she, she going to make that weight? Can she do it? And you think about it. She found the Olympics at 171 pounds to go all the way to 135. Dana said in two different interviews I saw that she's done a test cut and she's being able to make the weight. Now, it's different making a test cut or just going down to make the weight to see if you can do it. It's and different to make fighting and fighting. Yes. And fighting the next day. Oh, I hope they did test cuts where she cut the weight and she did some live rounds like the next day or maybe even that same day to see how it feels. See, but I'm, it is crazy. Just I was interested, but then now that you mention it, I'm not interested in the fight anymore. Just because well, well, you already had um Holly already said that. Well, if she doesn't make weight, I'm not fighting. I'm not doing a catch weight with her. She has to make 135. And I'm just like, man, what up? Uh it just makes me mad. Like, oh, what? You'll fight so anybody does, else. But why do it in the first place? Like, it's such a, it, you, you might as well, you might as well get like Ronda Rousey out. And like, <laughs> well, this is revenge for Ronda Rousey. Okay. This is revenge of the judo. Okay. <laughs> so I kept signing everybody. This that is why I don't, I, I don't watch UFC anymore. It's just, they, mm. they, they're getting rid of divisions. So it's not growing the sport. Right. At least for the, for the women. Right. And they're just putting people together based off of their name and not nothing to do with the ranking. Like you can, you well, know, no. okay. Holly, you're making, you have, you have people getting championship fights after winning like two fights, beating two nobodies. And then I don't want to say nobodies, but you, you, you get what I mean, right? There's no logic. There's no hierarchy. It's just based off of what makes the most money, which you can't blame them. But then you it's can't business. It's yeah. The fight you can't business. You can't, be like oh this is the champion or this is the he's like the best pound for pound all or whatever those kind of claims when you don't have like a at least semi-decent structure do you, you know what i'm saying there is structure you just don't like the structure I, and it's a way it's way more structured than what it used to be okay well i at think least with one, the ranking system one, now one does better i think sorry one does not do better oh my god they one do, makes uh, freak show fights all the time for yeah money. but they, they have freak look show at what fights. they did to akiyama last everything. week they yeah, put but Akiyama. That, but he's uh, not put. Is Akiyama fighting for a championship? I bet they wanted to. Akiyama won the fight. They probably would have. <laughs> no. So there's there, there's those freak show fights, and then there's like actual legitimate fights. Like I I love watching uh, Angela Lee and Stamp Fairtex. Like those those what are about like this again this weekend again. They had um, uh, God, what's his damn name now? Um, oh God, I see his um. Oh my God, the one that that fought Smith um. All right, let's let's not drag Whatever. this out because okay. I have I have to go to coach the Kohaku that we talked about last uh, <laughs> last episode. And hey, don't I, worry, I you didn't get until three. Don't worry, we got time. <laughs> and we're also trying to make this episode shorter. So this is very interesting. Her coming down. One of the reasons that I think that once she wanted to get that UFC belt, uh, one another thing I think UFC really wants to get rid of the one forty five division because they didn't have enough women there anyway. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like it's a waste of space. For I, them won I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. They just weren't signing women, but whatever. Okay, so I wonder why. Like I, so, Kayla, so Kayla was doing like this, um, um, what they call it, like just a little talk thing with her and Cerruto, some other guys and stuff. And a bunch of UFC guys, she was only one non-UFC person. And they were all trying to say that they're more accomplished and better combat athletes than Kayla, all because they had UFC championships. And it makes me annoyed because I like Henry Cerruto, okay? He's an annoying guy. He's a little... 
You know, all that's how he drums up. Uh, that's what what they yeah. all do to drum up. But, uh, like I, I give it to I give it to Henry that he is super accomplished. He's an Olympic gold medalist. I think he was a world champion as well. Off the top of my head, I think he was. I'm not 100 sure. Mm-hmm. Two division champion and an MMA. All right, he has all that. But Kayla also has two time Olympic world cha- Olympic champion, world champion, masters champion in judo, two time PFL champion. Which there's no other federation that does 55 really. Okay, she was the only the yeah. only one that does 55. Two time champion has only lost one match in her entire MMA career so far, and it was by decision. All right, yeah. she didn't get knocked out, submitted. It was by decision. So to me. Like she's higher than Henry. Like and I'm not just saying because I'm a judo guy and like, oh, Juan always spots a judo horn. He always got to defend judo at all costs. I do, but I'm legit like she is one of the, the best. All right. Now, when he put her against Holly Holmes, yes, she did win the belt, never defended it, lost at her first defense, a bunch of kickboxing and boxing titles and stuff. But look at her. Every time she had a title uh, opportunity after her last, after her loss of the title, she's lost all of them. Okay, and you, well, you might want to say both, I think at that point they're both past their prime, right? No, I, no. I, I think they're both past. Kayla's you, only. Let me look this up. Kayla, how old is? She's only thirty-three. You don't think She's only thirty? You don't think a thirty-three double Olympic gold champion has a lot of injuries racked up compared to someone that just like does other sports? I think Olympic judokas, especially top level, their peak and their peak is earlier and their decline is early because of all of the mileage they racked up, like just how tight the competition schedule is and how, yeah, like, the how much is. we compete. Yes. Versus, versus you go like, I, I don't want to compare it to like kickboxing or something since I'm not an expert, but most of most other fights they get to pick and choose what fights they do. They get to train against the, the person the t- t- they know exactly who they're going to fight. They train against it. Uh, they can prepare it. They can be like, oh, I have an injury, so I'm going to pull out. Like, what was the guy that just pulled out of a boxing match because he has a cut? Like, oh, Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah. so that you can do all that stuff. You can't do that in judo. Like, you, you can pull out. You can skip a tournament, but you're not going to, you're probably going to miss out on points. Yeah. So, and then every tournament, you're fighting five, eight, nine matches against people you're not, you, you can't, like, really prepare for yeah. beforehand. So, I just think, like, the, judo top level judo mileage is like different from like kickboxing or boxing mileage or MMA, even MMA mileage. Mm. I will so. give that to you with kickboxing and MMA. The average person has maybe two or three fights a year. Sometimes they'll have more, sometimes they'll have less and stuff where in judo. Yeah. We're having, if you win a tournament, like you're having five matches one day, like two, three times, twice some twice to once a month you're in a tournament almost so yeah and the next month you're on into like what we had the portugal grand slam and then the, and then the um paris grand paris. slam the next yeah. next freaking week yeah <laughs> it was like i was surprised how paris grand slam i was like paris grand yeah. slam we just had portugal last week holy crap <laughs> no wonder not yeah not no obviously not not, er, not everyone not everyone like went to both right but some smaller yeah. countries that really need points will do both but like for example japan they had their b team and c team go to uh Portugal and then like their A team go to Paris. Paris. Um yeah. yeah, but I think Dennis Vieira went to both and I think I think he got injured. I wasn't sure, but mm-hmm. um then he pulled out. But um yeah, you do see people doing that. And then there was like what Clary Sapkinanu that won the, <laughs> the world champion and then the Olympic champion in the same year, like yeah. within a month of each other. That woman's so, amazing. So that like, woman. She's great. It's, it's just not the same mileage. So you can't be like, oh, Kayla's only 33. It's like, I think, I think she has a lot of injuries racked up. So, 
Um, not to say she's not amazing. So again, but, if Kayla, if you ever come to Los Angeles, please, we have a Hollywood <laughs> Judo Dojo. Anthony teaches on it. <laughs> I hope, I just really hope that she can make weight and fight. I really, really, I don't want her to get like made fun of or people disrespect Judo or people talk shit yeah. about us. If she doesn't make weight or then she loses I'll, the fight, because then, oh my God, because if, here's the last thing. If Holly Holm beats two American Olympic judo players that got medals. I will, I will kill my, I am done. I am out. I'm, I'm going to walk gently into the sea. And just, <laughs> just one more thing. A lot of top level judokas start judo when they were a kid and they've been competing ever since. That's another, that's another thing to start earlier. I don't, th I think other than like Thai people, I don't mm. think people start kickboxing since they're like five, <laughs> you know, just saying. All right. So that's the news right there. Look out for it. It's going to be a UFC 300. I'm definitely going to talk about the fight. We'll probably, depending on when our episode is, we're going to talk about the lead up to it. Probably talk about mm -hmm. the lead up to see how she looks and talk about the fight once it happens. Oh, my. Oh, please. Please, Kano. Oh, Kano, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go to our main topic of the day. So we do interviews sometimes. We try to interview interesting people for interesting things and stuff. We have some on the back burner right now because we've just been busy, like Anthony's been, been traveling. But Anthony came up with this idea of, hey, AI's taking all these jobs. Let's take some more jobs away from people. So we're going to try to interview AI. So how does this work, Anthony? It's just, um, it, it reminded me of when Philippe was like, oh, AI's taking over. Soon they won't need me to coach or anything. <laughs> Like yeah. That. Well, it's because okay, we had a glitch in our system, and me and him, me and Anthony got reamed for it. Got yelled at. It was like it wasn't us; it was technology. Yep. So <laughs> let me see. Let set this up. I'm gonna probably cut this part out. But, uh, Juan, the 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 bot. I named him Jake, by the way. Jake the judo the judo expert. Okay, Jake the judo guy. Jake the judo expert. Um, <laughs> he can't hear me until I unmute it, and he can't hear Juan. He can only hear me. So if Juan has any questions, he's gonna relay it to me, and I'm gonna ask him the question. So right. I I might um forget to um I might forget to unmute him, and he might start talking. So I might have to cut some parts out. <laughs> also, we're gonna try to avoid asking any opinion questions, like. Do you think BJJ is basically just judo? I actually Why think you, I asked that. I just love the heat, don't you? Just love the heat. Yeah, so the, we can't we can't ask those kind of questions because he, he's just going to say like, "Oh, as an AI bot, I don't have an opinion." But mm -hmm. and then he like spits out a bunch of stuff. So, all right, you want you want to start off with asking a question? Let's just ask him like, "What is we can't can ask him what do you think of judo?" Ask. Let's ask him what is judo. All right. Hey Jake, can you tell me what uh, judo is? Absolutely. Judo is a modern Japanese martial art and Olympic sport. It was developed by Jigoro Okano in the late 19th century. Judo focuses on using an opponent's strength and movements against them, rather than relying solely on brute force. The techniques in Judo involve throws, grappling, and submission holds. It emphasizes balance, flexibility, and timing. Judo is not only a physical discipline but also promotes mental and moral development. It's a fascinating martial art with a rich it's history like and reading philosophy. It straight out of Wikipedia. Is there anything specific you'd like to know about judo? Yeah, can you tell me how is judo different from Brazilian jiu-jitsu? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> While judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, BJJ, share some similarities, there are a few key differences between them. Judo, as I mentioned earlier, is a Japanese martial art developed by Jigoro Kano. <laughs> 
It focuses on throws, grappling, and submission holds. Judo techniques often involve using an opponent's momentum and leverage to gain control or execute a throw. Judo places a significant emphasis on standing techniques and throws. Mm. On the other hand, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu originated in Brazil and was derived from Judo. BJJ primarily focuses on ground fighting and submission holds. It emphasizes positional control, leverage, and joint locks to submit opponents. BJJ practitioners aim to neutralize an opponent's strength and size advantage through technique and leverage, making it suitable I'm for self-defensive sport summary, Judo emphasizes standing techniques and throws, while Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu focuses more on ground fighting and submissions. Both martial arts have their unique strategies and techniques, but they share a common foundation in grappling and leverage. Mm, okay. Mm, all right. Well, ask him, ask Jake, what are the highest scoring or what you, the highest scoring throws in judo or competition? What you, would you think? Hey, Jake, what are the highest scoring techniques in competition for judo? In judo competitions, the highest scoring techniques are known as zippons. An Ipan is the highest score a judoka okay. can achieve, resulting in an immediate victory. Here are some of the highest scoring techniques in judo. One. All right. Throws. Najwaza. Throws that result in a clean and forceful <laughs> projection of the opponent onto their back with speed, control, and impact can earn an Ipan. Examples an include Asadogari, Major Outer Reap, Seoi Naj, Shoulder Throw, and Harai Goshi, Sweeping Hip Throw. I don't think Harai Goshi is that common anymore. Holds. OSAE no. Komi Waza, if a judoka can maintain control <laughs> over their opponent Osa on the ground Ikomi. for a continuous period of 20 seconds, it's considered an Ipan. Techniques like Kesagatame, Scarf Hold, and Yokoshiho Gatame, Side Four Quarter Gatame. Hold, are commonly used for holds. 3. Arm Locks, Kansetsu Waza, and Strangles, Shime Waza, applying a joint lock or strangle hold that forces the opponent to submit or renders them unable to continue will result in an Ipan. Examples include Juji Gatame, Cross Arm Lock, and Okuri Irihime, Sliding Lapel Very Strangle. <laughs> it's important to note that the scoring criteria may vary slightly depending princess. on the competition and the <laughs> level of the lapel princess. competitions also award lesser scores such as... Why are you so hard on him? Leave him alone. He's trying, alright? Oh, he stopped. Don't be so mean. Oh, he... <laughs> that was, he, that was he it. Paused. That was it. Oh, did he pause? <laughs> I guess I, I guess he I has it. a I guess he has a length limit since I'm, I'm a trial account. Oh, okay. But um, the fun the funny thing is when I set him up, um, you get to pick what kind of language he speaks, mm. and I obviously pick English, right? But there's different types of English. American. And, well, I I pick Canadian because I'm like, there's no way a judo expert comes from USA. <laughs> Oh, you're so the way he's talking, though, the way he's saying things, he sounds like I don't want to be mean or nothing, but some Midwest judo players that I've seen and talked to before. That Osoto Gary, you know, know? Osoto Gary, and um, yeah, Kesakame. Kesakame. I actually have heard Kesakame so many times. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So I'm I'm gonna try and asking ask him a, a training question. All right. All right. Uh, Jake, can you tell me what a typical judo class will look like? People in blue and white geese together. <laughs> Holding hands. Certainly. <laughs> Creating a better world. A typical judo class usually follows a structured format that includes warm-up exercises, technical instruction, practice drills, and sparring. Here's a general outline of what you can expect in a judo class. 
1. Warm-up. The class usually begins with a warm-up session, including stretching exercises, cardiovascular activities, and body conditioning exercises. This helps prepare the body for the physical demands of judo training. 2. Technical instruction. The instructor will demonstrate and explain various judo techniques, such as throws, holds, and groundwork. They will break down the techniques step by step, focusing on proper form, well, he, body positioning, totally not wrong and about timing. That. <laughs> 3. Practice drills. Students will then pair up and practice the techniques with a partner. This allows them to develop their skills, balance, and coordination. They take turns being the attacker, Torai, and the defender, Torai, to practice both yeah. Torai Torai and Nuke. Four. It's my cousin, Torai. <laughs> Rondori. Sparring. Rondori is a form of controlled sparring hey, in judo. And Wandori. You heard that? It involves applying the techniques learned in a more dynamic and realistic setting. What is this controlled sparring? Students engage in live about? practice never, sessions never, with different Never partners, ever heard of it. Aiming to apply their techniques <laughs> and reactions Imagine. and decision-making skills. Five. Cool down and stretching. At the end of the class, there is usually a cool down period that includes light exercises and stretching to help prevent muscle soreness and promote flexibility. I've not heard of Throughout cool down. the class, the instructor will provide guidance, corrections, and. Oh, he got cut off again. I guess. And. What's the and? I need to know what the and is. I guess what's the and, Jake? I to know what, what the and is. What's the and, Jake? <laughs> All right, I want to try right. this again, okay? Yep. What are the tops? How. What are the best throws to do in judo? If you have any more questions what, or what? if there's anything else I can yeah. assist you with regarding judo or any other topic, feel free to let me know. Okay. I'm yeah. here to help. Okay. Thank okay. you, Jake. I appreciate it. <laughs> what are the best throws in judo? He's not going to have an opinion, but let's try. Oh, okay. Hey, oh, Jake, yes, what are the best throws in judo? In judo, there are numerous throws that are considered highly effective and widely used. Here are some of the best throws in judo. Oh, One. All right. All right. Asadogari. This is a major outer reap where you mm. sweep your leg across your opponent's leg, destabilizing them and throwing them backward. Giving a different description. Seoinage, a shoulder throw where you wrap your arm around your Seoinage. opponent's neck and use your body rotation to throw them over your shoulder. 3. Uchimata. This throw involves lifting your opponent's leg with your thigh and hip, causing them to lose balance and fall. 4. Harai Goshi. A sweeping hip throw where you use your hip and leg to sweep your opponent's leg and project them over your hip. 5. Ogoshi. This is a major hip throw where you use your hip and arm to lift and throw your opponent See, he's over almost your doing hip. Ogoshi. See there? Yeah. You almost moves. <laughs> Taitoshi. A body drop throw where you use your body and leg to off-balance your opponent and throw them to the ground. These are just a few examples, and there are many more throws can, in judo, each belief. with its own unique characteristics <laughs> and applications. The best throw for you will depend on your body type, style of fighting, and personal preference. It's important to practice and master the techniques under the guidance of a qualified judo instructor. Yes, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do agree with that. So let's ask Jake, him, okay, before, before we get to Philippe, ask him first about Hollywood, then let's ask him about Philippe. Yes, how can I assist you further? Ask about Hollywood, you said? Ask if he knows about Hollywood judo, and then ask about Philippe Morote. Okay. Jake, have you heard of... A dojo called Hollywood Judo Dojo? Yes, I have. The best dojo AI, with incredible sense. I don't have access to specific information about every individual judo dojo. Oh. However, there are many dojos around the world, and it's possible that there may be a dojo named Hollywood Judo Dojo. 
If you're interested in finding out more about it or any other specific dojo, I recommend conducting an online search or reaching out to local judo organizations or communities for Did more information. <laughs> we can provide you with details about dojos in your area or the specific dojo you're inquiring about. Jake, so do you have any information about a judoka called Philippe Moroti that was on the Swedish national team? Processing, processing. I'm sorry, processing. but I don't have access to personal information about oh, specific no. individuals, including judokas named Felipe on the Swedish national team. Felipe A. As an AI language model, my responses are generated based on a mixture of licensed data, data created by human trainers, and publicly available data. I don't have direct knowledge of specific individuals unless it has been shared with me in the course of our conversation. My primary function is to provide information and assist with inquiries to the best of my knowledge and abilities. That's too bad because I was hoping you would be able to give me his social security number. <laughs> oh, I have that actually. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't assist with that request. <laughs> Ask him about, um, how about American Judo? What's his, um, like, how would I put it? How is America at Judo? Or how is American Judo maybe? How would you compare American judo with other countries around the world? Judo styles and approaches can vary between countries due to cultural, historical, and training differences. While American judo has its unique characteristics, it is influenced by a diverse range of training methods and philosophies from various countries. Some countries, like Japan, have a deep-rooted judo tradition and emphasize technical precision and traditional values. Others may focus on a more dynamic and athletic style. It's important to note that judo is a global sport, and each country contributes its own strengths and techniques to the overall development of the sport. I, it's not really answering the Ultimately, yeah. the effectiveness of judo lies in the individual practitioner's skill, dedication, and training correct. rather than solely on national styles. Okay, that's, that's a fair answer. Mm. Uh, should I ask it about ecological dynamics? <laughs> oh my god. Try, see what happens. Right. You'd love that. Shit. Hey, Jake, can you give me a sample of what a judo class will look like when the instructor is using ecological dynamics to run class? Certainly. Oh. When an instructor incorporates ecological dynamics into a judo class, the training environment is designed to enhance skill acquisition and decision-making abilities. Here's a sample of what you might experience. One. Warm-up. The class begins with a dynamic warm-up, including mobility exercises and light judo-specific movements to prepare the body for training. 2. Task-oriented drills. Instead of traditional repetitive drills, the instructor focuses on task-oriented activities that simulate real judo scenarios. These drills encourage adaptive decision-making, perceptual awareness, and problem-solving skills. Okay. 3. Variable practice. Rather than practicing techniques in a fixed and predictable manner, the instructor introduces variability. This could involve changing partners frequently, altering the starting positions, or modifying the rules of engagement. The goal is to promote adaptability and creativity in response to unpredictable situations. 4. Randori, sparring, ecological mm. dynamics encourages realistic and dynamic sparring sessions known as randori. The emphasis is on creating a challenging, yet supportive environment where practitioners can apply their skills in a more open and unpredictable context. This helps develop the ability to read opponents, make quick decisions, and execute techniques effectively. 5. Reflective discussions. Throughout the class, 
The instructor facilitates discussions to encourage self-reflection oh, and awareness of individual and collective answer. learning processes. <laughs> this helps students understand the principles behind ecological dynamics and how it relates to their judo practice. Remember, the specific implementation of ecological dynamics may vary among instructors and schools. It's always best to consult with. Consult with who? He's always doing that. It gets you engaged, and then it's like just stops right then and there. I'm surprised. That was ten more seconds. That was a really good uh, response, actually. But it's really close to when you know when Robert Erickson showed up to our dojo to run practice. Mm -hmm. It was really close to uh, what what he was doing. So, um, yeah, but I was surprised by the discussion part because a lot of lot of uh, places don't talk about or even discuss that part. So, yeah. Well, well, it's like how I always ask people, like, does anybody have any questions? Everyone know any like talk mm -hmm. about it. Some people do, some people don't, and then you got other people. I know other people that I hate when people ask questions or don't like doing yeah. that. Just do what I say. It's fine, also, you know. Um, so, let's ask. This be a two parter. Mm -hmm. Do you want to ask uh, who are the top female and top male judo players in the world right now? Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jake, who is the top male judoka in the world right now in judo? I don't want to say, think I'm saying Sudoku like last time. So. <laughs> Who's the top As an AI Sudoku language players? model, I don't have access to real-time information or current rankings. Hmm. The world of judo is dynamic, and top-ranked judokas can change over time. Mm -hmm. However, some of the consistently successful male judokas in recent years include Teddy Riener from France, who has achieved numerous world titles and Olympic gold medals, and Shohei Ono from Japan, who has also who achieved retired. great success in the sport. Yeah. <laughs> he retired like last Always month. Always a good idea yeah. to check Give the latest break. rankings from official judo organizations or follow recent judo competitions to stay updated on the current top male judokas. Well, let's see what it says about female then. So they said yeah. Teddy Reiner and, okay. Hey, I should pronounce Shohei Ono pretty well too. <laughs> yeah, let's see what female yeah. it says. What about top female judo players? In the world of female judo, there are several highly accomplished athletes. While rankings and success can vary, some notable female judokas include Clarice Sagbenyander from France, mm -hmm. who has won multiple world championships and is known for her technical excellence. Mm -hmm. Another prominent judoka is Daria Bilodid from Ukraine, who became the youngest ever judo world champion at the age of 17. Additionally, Japanese judoka Udabe has been highly successful, winning multiple world titles in her weight category. Who's Ape? These are just a few examples, I, I no and idea. the landscape of top female judokas can change oh, as new talents and competitions take place. <laughs> I was like, what? Staying updated with the latest Who's Ape? Who is this Ape? That he's I thought more insights into the current top female <laughs> judo players. I thought he said Ape. Like, yeah, he did like, say ape, but it's like ape. Okay, which Japanese word? Ape, ape, abe. Abe, it's probably abe. I bet you it's probably abe. He probably said abe, but abe. I, I thought he said ape. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, who's the ape? Um, that was my first guess, too. I thought he would say Clary Zappagnani, who's mm -hmm. honestly, the it's just freaking amazing, her accomplishments. One of my um, favorite players. I will, I'm going to ask him about stretching. So All right. What do you think about utilizing static stretching as warm-up before judo practice? Is it a good idea? In the context of judo practice, static stretching as a warm-up method has become less common in recent years. Mm. Research suggests that static stretching before physical activity may temporarily decrease muscle strength and power, which could yes. potentially affect performance and explosive movements like those required in judo. 
Ooh, Instead, no, I don't believe that. Dynamic warm-up exercises, such yep. as joint rotations, hey, light no computer, all right? <laughs> and sport-specific movements, are generally recommended to prepare the body for judo practice. These dynamic warm-up routines help increase blood flow, raise body temperature, activate the muscles, and improve range of motion. However, it's important to note that individual preferences and specific circumstances may vary. Consulting with a qualified judo coach or sports professional can provide personalized guidance on warm-up strategies and future needs and goals. He said professional judo coach. So, are you a professional? Are we getting paid? No, I, I don't know. I think I think Jake will soon soon will be have a Patreon. So <laughs> um, I think Jake has been listening to our podcast. So. I think oh, I think Jake just knows what, res- what resources do you like to use. <laughs> Let me ask a goddamn question this time. Right, Jake right. is doing his splits. <laughs> Did you want to ask about the splits? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. See what happens. What do you want to ask about the splits? I don't know. I want to ask more judo questions, not ask splits. Let's ask okay. um, which country is the top judo country? Why not? Okay. Let's see what it gives. Jake, based off of the current statistics in 2024, what do you think is the top judo country in the world right now? As an AI language model, I don't have access to real-time data or All right. current yeah. statistics beyond what is publicly available up to September 2021. Oh, wow. 2021. The landscape of judo can That's change over though. time, and the top performing countries may vary based on factors like international competitions and individual athlete performances. Historically, Japan has been a dominant force in judo, with yeah. a rich tradition and a consistent track record of success. Other countries such as France, about Russia, grabs. and South Korea have think about leg grabs? contenders no, in the world of why, judo. I'm why they to stay leg updated grabs. on the current okay. rankings and performance see, trends, I recommend the, referring the, to official judo organizations, oh sports news outlets, and international judo competitions. Yeah, so I'm going to ask them about leg grabs, because there's okay. so many people spouting false stuff on on the internet especially the bjj subreddit i wanted to see if it farms the data like actually takes that false information and say like oh it's because wrestlers were dominating judo tournaments <laughs> like let's see if it's eastern european that. players are doing too well yeah jake why did ijf remove light grabs from judo competition rules the international judo federation ijf periodically reviews and updates the rules of judo competition to ensure the safety of athletes and to promote fair and dynamic matches. While I don't have access to the specific decision-making process behind the removal of light grabs from the competition rules, it is common for rule changes to be made based on a variety of factors. These factors can include feedback from athletes, coaches, and officials, as well as considerations for the overall direction and development of the sport. The IJF aims to strike a balance between preserving the essence of judo, which emphasizes skillful throws and techniques, <laughs> while also prioritizing athlete safety and minimizing the risk of injury. Rule changes are often made with the intention of evolving the sport and adapting to the needs and challenges of modern judo competition. For more detailed information on the specific reasons behind the removal of light grabs, it would be best to consult official IJF publications, announcements, or reach out to the if, IJF directly for only, clarification. If only it was that easy. If only it was that easy and it didn't lie, right? right? Well, let's, so. let's elaborate on this. So let's go to what are, let's go to, I guess a drop down menu. <laughs> let's ask them what are the most dangerous moves in judo or dangerous techniques in judo? What are the most dangerous techniques in judo? In judo, 
There are several techniques that are considered potentially dangerous due to the risk of injury if not executed properly or with proper control. Some of these techniques include, 1. Throws involving high amplitude and forceful impact, such as the Harai-goshi, sweeping what? hip throw, and Uchimata, <laughs> inner thigh throw. Really? 2. I don't think so. Sacrifice throws like Tomo Inaj, circle throw, out of and all the sacrifice. side sacrifice throw, out of all where both the, the attacker and the opponent the fall to the ground. Safer ones. Three, joint locks, such as Juji Gatame, cross arm lock, and Ude Hishigi Juji Gatame, arm bar, which puts significant <laughs> pressure on the opponent's joints. Four, chokes and strangles like Okuri Irihime, sliding lapel strangle, and katagatame, <laughs> shoulder hold, which target the neck and can cause unconsciousness if applied incorrectly. Mm. When done it's properly. to note that judo techniques should always be practiced under the supervision of a qualified instructor, with an emphasis on safety and proper technique. Judo is a martial art that values mutual respect and care for one another's well-being. Alright, so let's have like one more question each, and I was just... Because <laughs> I think it's gay. Let's kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, are wrestling neck bridges safe to do? Uh, if not, then what are some safer alternatives to strengthen the neck muscles? Wrestling neck bridges can be a controversial topic when it comes mm. to safety. While they can help strengthen the neck muscles, they also involve a significant amount of load and stress on the cervical spine. Improper execution or excessive force during neck bridges can potentially lead to neck injuries. It's crucial to prioritize safety and consult with a qualified coach or healthcare professional before incorporating neck bridges into your training routine. If you're looking for safer alternatives to strengthen the neck muscles, here are a few options. 1. Isometric exercises. Perform exercises where you hold a static position, such as placing your hand against your forehead and applying resistance while trying to push your head forward or backward. 2. Neck nods. Gently nod your head forward and backward, focusing on controlled movements and gradually increasing the range of motion. 3. Neck rotations. Slowly rotate your head from side to side, ensuring smooth and controlled movements without any jerking motions. 4. Resistance band exercises. Attach a resistance band to a stable anchor and perform various movements, such as flexion, extension, and rotation, while providing resistance with the band. Remember, it's important to start with lighter resistance and gradually increase it as your neck muscles become stronger. Always listen to your body, and if you experience any pain or discomfort during neck exercises, it's advisable to stop and seek guidance from a healthcare professional. Yeah, that's right. actually really good advice. The only I actually do the neck band exercise mm -hmm. it talks about where you tie you tie a loop around and then you, you uh, around a post and you put the mm -hmm. the neck band here and yeah. I, I, I do that. Um but the the pushing against your forehead thing that's it's so so simple but i, I haven't thought about that that's actually you, pretty, thought, you never know about that one i didn't that's know like about a very that basic thing yeah yeah it's a big well, what go ahead i was gonna say you know uh, the neck band's good but you know it's better if you what? tie um you tie a towel to some weights with the towel in yeah, your mouth yeah you but you mess up, up your teeth that's what the tie the tie do it's more tie fighters but that mess up your teeth um you know what i was foot when we were That's why we have weekend. the we have the head. Yeah, they say. Yeah, I found it this weekend. We we're cleaning. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh but shit, it's, all, it's still here." I thought someone stole it. It's all dusty though, so yeah. we we'll have to clean it up. Um, let me ask one more. I want to ask about the the bunny hop. So, 
are bunny hops a good exercise for judo or is it dangerous for your knees? I do not know what bunny hops are. Also known as squat jumps or tuck jumps, can be a beneficial exercise for developing lower body power and explosive strength, which are important attributes in judo. However, they do place some stress on the knees and can potentially be risky if not performed correctly or if you have pre-existing knee issues. To minimize the risk of knee injury while performing bunny hops or similar exercises, consider the following tips. 1. Proper technique. Ensure proper landing mechanics by landing softly and absorbing the impact with a slight bend in the knees. <laughs> Avoid excessive knee valgus, inward collapse, or hyperextension during the jumps. 2. Gradual progression. Start with lower intensity and gradually increase the difficulty and intensity of the exercise over time. This allows your body to adapt and strengthen the necessary muscles and connective tissues. 3. Listen to your body. If you experience pain or discomfort in your knees while performing bunny hops, it always hurts to stop and it. assess the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Consult with a qualified coach or healthcare professional who can evaluate your technique and provide guidance specific to your situation. So, I'll wait till he's done. Modify as needed. If bunny hops are causing discomfort or you have concerns about your knees, you can consider alternative exercises that target similar muscle groups without as much impact on the knees. Squats. Examples include <laughs> box jumps, step ups, or explosive lunges. Yeah. Ultimately, the suitability of bunny hops or any exercise for your judo training depends on your individual circumstances and any. Yeah. So I actually, well, after we recorded an episode about um, what exercise we probably should stop doing, uh, the bunny hop was one thing I asked my uh, PT, my sports PT, about it. Right. Yeah. Because they're, they're the experts, right? Kinesiology doctors. Um, and he says, as long as it doesn't hurt, like he doesn't think it's bad. And also with like, he, like Jake just said, correct technique. But the problem is like back to what we said in that episode, a lot of instructors just copy what other instructors did or they ignore the pain and just keep doing it. So yeah. I think it's safer to just not do it basically. <laughs> but he's well, saying that it it's not bad as long as it do. doesn't hurt. Yeah. You have to do proper technique with it. It's like, yeah, if you do it easy, like just. I want to say like nonchalantly, but like not so intense, put that way. You don't do a super intense, like just regular hops. It's yeah. fine, but you're not in practice. You're going to be tired. Yeah. You're going to be going intense. You're going to go hard. Well, so you're going to jump hard. It's land also, hard. it's also usually done as a warm up, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's usually done as a warm up before you're warm. And you're also usually doing it in a line telling, making you go a certain distance and at a certain speed because you had to not hold up the line and you have to go fast kind of thing so yeah. all those things just is asking for injury so i i think it's like again we said it before and we afterwards that it's um can be done safely but i think it's safer mm -hmm. to just not do it because of all the the ways that it can go wrong so yeah, yeah. all right so my last question to be a two-parter one let's ask what are the best exercises for judo or do you want to ask what are the best weightlifting mm -hmm. exercises for judo? Okay. And this, that those are the two questions? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Okay. Do you think the, do yeah. you need to ask yeah. those two? Or, yeah. Yeah. Let's sure. ask those two. Okay. Jake, what are the best exercises for judo? There are various exercises that can benefit judo practitioners by improving strength, power, agility, and overall conditioning. Here are a few exercises commonly incorporated into judo training. One. Squats. Squats help develop lower body strength, particularly in the quadriceps, hamstrings, and glutes. They can be done with body weight, barbells, or other weighted variations. 2. 
Deadlifts. Deadlifts are excellent for strengthening the posterior chain, including the lower back, glutes, and hamstrings. They can improve explosiveness and grip strength. 3. Push-ups. Push-ups target the chest, shoulders, and triceps, providing upper body strength and stability. Variations like diamond push-ups or plyometric push-ups can add intensity. 4. Pull-ups. Pull-ups strengthen the upper back, biceps, and grip. They enhance pulling power and can be done with various grips, such as wide, narrow, or chin-ups. 5. Core exercises, planks, Russian twists, and bicycle crunches are examples of exercises that strengthen the core, improving stability and rotational power. 6. Agility ladder drills. Agility ladder drills enhance footwork, coordination, and quickness. They can be used to simulate dynamic movements commonly seen in judo. 7. Medicine ball throws. Medicine ball throws, such as overhead throws My or PT rotational makes me do throws, this a lot. improve explosive it's power. It's underrated. I like doing it, but you have to have a partner to do it with. Hey, you have to have a wall you Plyometric don't exercises, <laughs> yeah. box jumps, lateral hops, or depth. All right. So box jumps and ladder, okay. Yeah, so th- this coincides with like uh, basically most... How do, how do I say it? Like it's basically proven that the standard tried and true proven exercises work the best right you don't have to do like what was that instagram video we saw like the guy using a oh kettlebell like Dude, ripping you want to call the guy out, out. <laughs> you want to call the guy out man the guy he had a kettlebell in one hand i don't want anyone a, seeing that and copying it basically yeah he had a kettlebell in one hand and he had a, a dumbbell in the other hand and he's trying to simulate throws with them people are just like you think a there's people when they're like oh man that's so great that's so cool and you gotta be like you idiot you're gonna throw out your shoulder you're gonna destroy your wrist and it's like yeah it's it's dumb you do what you call me bands. Get a throwing dummy. You don't need to do this with like people yeah. with weights on you like that. That's so. You you'll see a lot of people posting, especially online, about like, oh, what exercises are good to improve my kazushi or like this and that. It's just, dude, just do get stronger overall. It also help you with mm-hmm. uh, injuries and stuff like that. So I yeah, that's okay. The other part you said weightlifting, right? Yeah. So, what's the best weightlifting exercises for judo? Do you want to limit how many, like best three or best four? Top five. All right. Jake, what are the top five weightlifting exercises that's good for judo? Processing. Processing. He was like looking for cheat sheets. <laughs> <laughs> weightlifting exercises for judo. It's important to focus on compound movements that mm-hmm. engage multiple muscle groups and mimic the demands of the sport. Mm-hmm. Here are five weightlifting exercises that can be beneficial for judo practitioners. One. Squats. Squats are a fundamental exercise that targets the lower body, particularly the quadriceps, hamstrings, and glutes. They help develop leg strength and power, which is crucial for explosive movements in judo. 2. Deadlifts. Deadlifts strengthen the posterior chain, including the lower back, glutes, and hamstrings. They improve overall strength, grip strength, and help with explosive hip extension, which is essential for throwing techniques. 3. Clean and Jerk. This Olympic lift combines a powerful clean, lifting the barbell from the ground Mm -hmm. to the shoulders, and a jerk, driving the barbell overhead. It develops full-body explosive power, coordination, and stability, which are valuable attributes in judo. 4. Bench Press. While judo primarily focuses on lower body engagement, upper body strength is still important. 
the bench press targets the chest, shoulders, and triceps, improving pushing power and upper body stability. 5. Bent over rows. Bent over rows target the back muscles, including the lats, rhomboids, and rear deltoids. They strengthen the pulling muscles of the upper body, which are essential for grip strength and throwing techniques. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, only thing is, recent literature has shown that deadlifts is not good for you, basically, <laughs> especially if you lift heavy. Well, the yeah. thing is, like, I'm not a deadlift guy, but I will admit I do love flipping tires, and that basically is a deadlift, you know? Yeah. Well, um, flipping the tires, it's in between deadlift and a clean and jerk, kind of, because you flip the tire and push it over. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Basically, I personally stopped doing deadlifts because I, I, I think it does. Um, I, I just follow whatever recent. But you love science, sumo science. squats. I don't love sumo squats. I hate them. I thought you love sumo squats. No, I, I hate they're them. Your favorite thing to do. <laughs> no, I hate That's them. Why I see you do them all the time. I never do them. I see you do them all the time. <laughs> I never do them. But uh, I replaced uh, deadlifts with um, RDLs, the remaining mm-hmm. deadlifts, stiff leg deadlifts, whatever you call it, same thing, pretty much, um, and. The clean and jerk is definitely really good, but I think personally, I think it's a highly technical movement that you need to coach to coach you on. Otherwise, you can get seriously injured and destroy really, your really shoulders, easily. destroy your arms. Yeah, I actually was trying to teach myself clean and jerk in college, and that's how I pulled my back, and I was on muscle relaxants for a few months. So, mm. um, yeah, just otherwise, everything else I totally agree with. Well, all right. So well, tell yeah. Jake, thank you. And tell him we really appreciate him helping us out today. <laughs> Jake, thank you for answering all the questions. We really appreciate you. You are welcome. I'm glad I could help. If you have any more questions or need further assistance, feel free to ask. I'm here to assist you. Would, would you be interested in becoming the next head instructor for Hollywood Judo Dojo? <laughs> as much as I appreciate the offer I must clarify that I am a digital guide and not a physical being while I can provide guidance and information about judo I am unable to physically instruct or take up a position as a head instructor That's okay. would you like we, to we, teach kids class <laughs> we can just put him up on the TV screen make him bald and name him Philippe and then, oh, God. Yeah. that way that way we'll always have Philippe available <laughs> We'll record, we'll record Philippe talking a bunch and just put it, install him, you know, get a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, that's right. it. So again, for anyone that's interested, what program do we use to do this? Uh, I think it is called Soul Machines. Yeah. All right. So this Soulless Machine was brought to you soul, by Soul Soul <laughs> Machine. <laughs> was brought to you by Soul Machine. <laughs> So this is something we try to do. We might bring this on more as the technology gets better. We're trying this out, just trying something different. And this is, remember, this stuff is just from, it does research online. You know, it just pulls whatever it gets from the internet yeah. and just spouts it out. Like what's the most popular, what's the most common. As, as I said, it's only, only has information up until 2021. So yeah, it's, 2021. It's, yeah. That's cool. The older version of ChatGPT then, I think. So yeah. All right. So with that, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow me at the Jerry underscore one. You can follow Anthony, Anthony Throws, both on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram itself at the Tommy Talk. You can follow us on YouTube, not, yeah, on YouTube at the Tommy Talk. We're putting some short videos up there. Hopefully people are liking them, bringing some of their old stuff back, making sure people can uh, rewatch them. It's pretty interesting. Uh, we have some viewer questions that we will get to soon enough. I know we had a couple while Anthony was gone. We have some on the website and some on the YouTube. So we might be bringing those episodes up as well soon. But yeah, and we might be doing our Patreon soon. So be um, be excited to see our feet pics soon. 
All right. No, we're not putting feet pics out. There. I swear to God, I'm not putting a goddamn feet pic out there. But yeah, remember, you can send us e- emails, questions at um, to tell me talk at gmail.com. Remember, things you ask any questions, things you want to say we like, things you didn't like about us, just hit us up. Anthony loves e- reading your emails. He loves I it. Do. His favorite thing I to do. do. All right. He yeah. loves that interaction. All right. Yeah. And with that, is there anything else I'm forgetting? Oh, and threads. We are on threads, which I see a little bit of interaction. I don't check threads. I don't check I get, threads. I, so. I see a little bit of interaction on threads, but still not a lot. Uh, and I'm not going to next because I ain't going to that dumpster fire. So is there anything right. else I'm forgetting? That's it. All right. So with that, do you want to ask the Jake to sign us out or what? I, I, I don't want to wait for him to respond. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So with that, don't forget to ask AI some judo questions, I guess. And slapped him at. Yeah. All right. <laughs>